Weekdays, five hot takes. Yeah! Yeah, <laughs> that's right, folks. It's me, Dave, of Dave's Five Hot Takes, filling in for myself today. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm good. I'm rocking. I'm rocking like Donnie Doc. And um, I'm excited about these Five Hot Takes. It's fun to be back. Season two, we're up, we're going, we're moving, we're pumping. Pumping? <laughs> what are we pumping? We're pumping iron, folks. We're pumping that heavy metal, that heavy metal rock and roll. I don't know where this is going. I feel like I need to pull out of the spiral soon. So let's go ahead and get to these five hot takes because we got some humdingers. But what is a humding? I don't even know what that means. So well, here we go. Hot take one. All right, folks, let's get started on this thing. And like I promised, a humdinger. Here's your first hot humdinger take of that. Those three words are weird together. Um, This song is, I mean, one of the most famous songs of all time. Definitely one of the most famous sort of sports-oriented, pump-you-up songs of all time. It's Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. This is oddly a song that the Barnes children are obsessed with. Not, I'm not hating on the song. I love the song. It pumps me up. But boy, they they listen to this song all the time. And I was listening the other day, and if it's one of those songs, or I should say, it's one of those songs that I think if you have listened to it, you've noticed the beginning of it is a little weird. And, and it was always one of those songs that come on and I'd be like, what is going on there? Like, why does that feel like the intro, something went wrong? Um, and I finally was like, all right, I got to figure this out. So I sat down and figured it out. So if you know the song at all, I bet you, even in the back of your brain, like something tickled weird. <laughs> That's a fun phrase. But you knew the song, you know, how it goes. So it kind of goes like this, right? So everybody knows this one. And it's on a grid. You hear the... Yep. You're like, yeah, I know how this is going to go the second time. Here we go. There. 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 And then you're waiting. Ooh, that was late. But now it sort of feels like it's back on. Isn't that so cool and so weird? Again, these anomalies that I just love in pop music and in music in general. And this is a a wonderful example of this. So basically, here's what's happening. Uh, The short, and I had to do some digging in my dear friend, Dustin Ransom. I want to start calling him Dr. Dustin and just have him be a part of the show where we call and say, Dr. Dustin, what's happening? But I basically was like, hey is what I think happening here happening. And he he actually affirmed me, and that makes me feel awesome because he's really smart and awesome. So those are fun moments in my life. <laughs> but basically what's happening is the the lick, the gang, thicka, 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 is getting displaced. They push it back to 16th notes. So that also means um, two 16th notes equal one eighth note and so the math all here makes sense i think if you even if you're not a music person this will make sense so a bar of four usually counts like this one two three four one two three four so beat it with chanta boonta chanta boonta chanta boon. it just feels like that right so it's four a bar of eight feels like one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and and if you follow the math a bar of 16 then feels like this one e and a two e and a three e and a four e and a one e and a two e and a three e and a four e and it's just subdivisions it's how you can subdivide those that bar of four so again what's happening is he's pushing they're pushing back that lick to 16th note so one e and a two e and a, it would be two of those it'd be like an e and of one e and a so which is also an eighth note or a one and two and three and those so what happens is and this is where this is cumulatively going is it feels like a bar of five four in a bar of four because you are displacing it which feels like you're adding an extra beat to a bar uh and, and you know we don't have to get into the schematics of all this thing 
because he gets a little like nerdy, nerd specific. Uh, but it is fun because you sort of realize that for whatever reason they did that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? It actually makes it weirder. Yet it doesn't affect how much. Again, it doesn't affect how much you love the song. It's it's wonderful and really bizarre. And I would just love to have been in the room when when whoever was like, you know what we should do. Let's displace that by an eighth note, <laughs> like at the very top of the song. And the argument there against it, which is again, this is why these things these things are so fascinating to me, is because it, that's when you're establishing the hook. That's why it's such a no no. It's like no, no no, let the crowd know what you're doing, and then maybe at the end of the song when they're used to knowing, you know, then change it. Um, you know, it's kind of like that. I think about that Kenny Chesney hot take from uh, from episode one. You know, they they do that chord change at the end of the song because you're so st- you're so used to hearing the chord progression that when you change it, you're like, oh, that's a fun little ear candy moment. You know, the, Survivor and the boys, <laughs> Survivor and the boys down on the bayou. They were like, no, no, we're just going to do this the first at the top because we can. And ultimately, obviously, it doesn't hurt the song. But if you have listened to that song and thought, what the heck is going on? That's exactly Exactly what's going on. Hot take two. Okay, hot take two, and this is a quick one, folks. We don't even need much time. We need about the amount of time that this verse takes to sing it. Highway to the Danger Zone by Kenny, by Kenneth Loggins. Kenny G. Loggins. Ooh, that'd be a good band matchup. Kenny G. Loggins. Would somebody please start that uh, cover band where you just do saxophone versions of Kenny G. <laughs> or Kenny Loggins? <laughs> <laughs> Kenny G. Long. Right, listen, I'm a giver, guys. I'm a benevolent, benevolent podcaster, and you guys can take that idea and run with it. Um, the thing that is so fascinating about uh, Danger Zone, that song, is the verse. Is it the shortest verse in history? Can we? Can somebody let me know if this is true or not? It is 10 seconds long, that verse. Revving up your engine, listening to... Revving up your engine, listening to a howling world. Metal under tension, begging you to touch and go. I mean, that is it. And then, how the danger song. It's 10 seconds long. That song came on in the car the other day, and I was like, I was gobsmacked. And yeah, there's your big word for the day. I was like, wait, wait, surely that's not the first verse. It is the shortest. I mean, I'm like, I guess if the chorus works, just get to the chorus. But good gracious. I mean, that song must have taken nine seconds to write i mean it's just so, so fast and again i don't i've never noticed before i just like singing Howie! and then thinking of tom cruise high five in that volleyball scene which guy didn't what guy didn't ever want to be with his bros on a volleyball scene just high fiving and some you know wayfares and no shirt but like somehow like army pants which i think are nine thousand degrees i never understood that outfit but all the same it's pretty amazing i'm sort of getting off topic here Hot take three. Okay, hot take three. This is this is a random one, but this may sort of like satiate some of your um, ponderings. Ooh, what a fun little phrase to say. Um, if you've ever listened to these two songs and gone, why when I listen to Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty do I think of Juice Newton's <laughs> Queen of Hearts? And is Juice Newton the greatest name ever for a human being? Juice Newton. She could have done so many things with that with that name, but I appreciate that she let us all know her uh, as a songwriter and singer and, and, and making it something that is a common household. For, hey, honey, how about that new Juice Newton record? I mean, she could have done so. She could have been a wrestler, a female wrestler, I feel like. Um, 
And maybe she was, you know, we're all wrestling with something. Uh, so here, here's what's happening with those two songs. And if you've ever wondered why they feel the same, that I can tell you exactly why. So, so this is, uh, you're already going now, wait a second. So then you have, uh, you have, um, running down a dream, you know, which is, And here's the thing. So they're not the same chord progression. Let me make a couple things clear. Hank DeVito wrote uh, uh, Queen of Hearts. He was Emmylou Harris's steel guitar player. Running Down a Dream was written by Jeff Lynne, Mike Campbell, and the TP himself, Tom Petty. Juice Newton's song came out in 1981. Uh, Tom Petty's came out in 89. So... Juice beat them to the punch here, uh, but what happens is, and the reason that you hear, and it's they do the exact same thing, and I refuse to believe this wasn't done on purpose. And what they're doing is, is they're strumming the last strum of the of the on the acoustic specifically at the end of each three chords. And so, for Juice Newtons, it's. It's that thing on running down a dream. It's it's that strumming thing, and it's exactly the same thing. Now these chord progressions are really similar, um, which isn't a big deal. I mean, that's you know, there's no like copyright infringement or anything. But it is funny they employ the exact same production move, which again is that. I mean, it's exactly the same, and I think it, it doesn't help that the that the chord progressions are both one chord different each time. So on Juice uh, Newtons, it's A G and D, and then A D G, and then Tom Petty, it's just A G E every time E G A. So it's funny to me, and it was driving me crazy because I'd listen to that Juice Newton song, and it'd come on the radio, and I'd go, "Why does this feel unbelievably familiar?" And it's and it's just. That Tom Petty, which I think, you know, Running Down a Dream, I think, is a bigger song. So you probably think, oh, she copied Tom Petty, but no, 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 no. Tom Petty copied Juice, which that's a fun phrase just to say on its own, isn't it? Hot take four. Hot take four. And this is a hot one, folks. A shuffle on the drums cannot feel better. There's no better feeling shuffle on the drums. You can say this any way you want to than Rock and Robin by the Jackson 5 played by Earl Palmer. That drum part feels as good as a drum part can feel. It is rock solid. I mean, he Earl does not put a stick wrong in that whole song. And let me tell you something. Again, I've I've talked about shuffles before on this. So a shuffle is it's a lot of blues songs you hear that. Earl Palmer just sticks this thing as much as you can stick it. It's insane how good he plays and how good it feels. And the thing that he's doing too, which makes shuffles even harder, is he has a lot of times where the bass drum and the snare drum are hitting at the same time. Boot the chunt the doot the chunt. So what that means is if either one of those is off, you feel it. And you listen go back and listen to that song again. 
And he is, and the thing that's amazing about this is he is on blast on those verses. I mean, they have it just him. So he can't hide behind the bass player or say, well, the guitar player was throwing me off. I mean, it's just him as naked as a jaybird, as naked as the day he came into this world. And he's just sticking it. It feels so good. And a fun, just kind of a fun, some fun facts on Earl so you know more about him prolific studio musician. I found all of this out uh, after I sort of did some digging. Um, basically played on all of Little Richard's songs, uh, all of Fat Domino's songs, but also, fun fact, played on You Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers. But basically, uh, there's a quote. It says, his list of credits read like a who's who of American popular music over the last 60 years. I mean, he was a superstar, superstar. Uh, but you can hear it here. I mean, these he just you can't make it feel better than he makes it feel. Hot take five. Hot take five. So many times what makes a song feel good are things that you don't notice if you're not really sitting there and critically listening to songs. Man, I feel like a woman came on the other day by Shania, Shania Twain, by Shania Twain, and I noticed there's a genius in Mutt Lang's production, which is, I mean, that sentence is always true. There's always genius in Mutt Lang's production. The guy is a genius. And his productions are amazing. If you don't know who he is, he produced ACDC. He's produced Maroon 5, Shania Twain. And, and um, he was married to for a long time and produced basically all of her kind of huge records. But if you want to spend, produce Hysteria by Def Leppard, that's still one of my favorite albums of all time. But he's a genius. Um, but the genius move on this is a really subtle one. And this song is 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 a uh is swung so it's you know a man i feel like a woman so the song is triplet 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 it's based on a triplet feel which makes it swung just like we talked about in rocking and rock and robin on the last take it's a swung feel which again is kind of big in the blues world but it's it's everywhere in pop music too but what makes this song keep moving is that the tambourine is playing the triplet in the verse. And it, what that does is without it, it it wouldn't quite move like it does with the triplet in it. With the triplet in it, it just, you feel the, and then all of a sudden what he does, which is genius on the verses, is the violin then takes over the triplet part. And you'll hear it. It's just, but it's really subtle. And the violin obviously is playing a melody that's changing. So it's not just, um, a rhythm which helps it along too but these are really genius little moves by great producers that go we need this song to kind of keep um keep a pace and keep keep movement and the way to do that is these little little things you never notice tambourine does it in the verses violin does it in the choruses and it makes the song keep moving it makes it continue to feel energetic and interesting because i think if you pulled them out of it, it would blow your mind how naked the track would feel how kind of it would just get a lot less interesting interesting am I drinking and uh and I think that you know it's another uh testament to Mutt Lang's genius production that he was like you know we're gonna do this really subtly and sneakily and ninja like and you may never notice but but it, it adds so much to the song and how great it feels and how it just keeps moving along well that was fun how much fun I'm sweating fun <laughs> which is always a good qualifier for me to know the amount of fun that's been had I feel like we learned a lot of things, a ton of things. Dare I say ton, and that can be the English spelling of T-O-N-N-E or just the American T-O-N. But i tell you one thing we didn't learn, and that's that contrary to popular belief, Eddie Rabbit is not related to Roger Rabbit, even though they did have a band for a short time called Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow. They did a stirring rendition of Every Bunny Wants to Rule the World.
So, well, thank you guys for checking in and hanging once again. And we'll see you next time on... These five hot takes, yeah!